Hi there, and welcome to News from the Breach, a Dragon Prince podcast. We're here with Dan. Hello. Yannick. Hi. And Kaylee, that's me. So today um, we're talking about book one, Moon, and chapter one, Echoes of Thunder, and chapter two, What is Done. So I'm going to read a short, short synopsis of both episodes, and then we're going to talk about it. So... Chapter 1 Echoes of Thunder A prologue explains the setting. Long ago, humans used dark magic and were driven off by dragons and elves. The continent was split into two, the magical lands of Zadia to the east and the human kingdoms to the west. Now, humans have killed Thunder, the Dragon King, and destroyed his only egg. War is imminent. Elven assassins assemble to kill the human king Harrow and his heir Ezrim. The youngest among the elves, Rayla, is disavowed after she shows mercy to a guard. And chapter 2, What is Done? King Harrow rejects his advisor Viren's plans to foil the assassins by swapping the king's soul into another body. Rayla infiltrates the castle on her own, intent on killing Harrow and Ezrin, but she relents after Ezrin shows her the Dragon King's egg, which we learn was not destroyed after all. Whoop, whoop. And we end with a huge cliffhanger. A huge cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. But to be completely honest, kind of expected. <laughs> uh, yeah, you could say so. I mean, with the with the amount of excitement that they had, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and also the the title of the show is the Dragon Prince. So, well, hmm. yeah, you don't know you if that explain. could that could mean something else. I have no idea what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> I have to say, at this point, I wasn't sure when I watched it the first time if that was the Dragon Prince's egg or uh, if the Dragon Prince. <laughs> I thought it might have been bait, <laughs> the glow toad. Ah, okay. I wasn't quite sure okay. at this point, so I'm glad Dan is already uh, picked up on that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, sure. It could also be some evil dark magic thing because it's in this uh, room of. Uh, I think it's. Do we know this yet? We don't know what Which the room, room is it yet. Belongs to no, yeah. no but I room. can only assume it has something to do with Lord Viren. Well, we will see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, just to confirm. The, it it's it is quite obvious that it is the dragon prince's egg because in the opening scene um in the prologue when they're showing what's happened in the past and um, that they killed thunder the dragon king they show an image of the egg yeah, we, we see, and say we see the this egg is the falling egg. down yeah <laughs> so yeah it is quite clear i yeah. was just a little bit slow on the uptake True. so so yeah, I could also mention the the intro of the show. So it's something I picked up because of I don't know nerdiness, geekiness, whatever. So it's a Netflix Wonderstorm production. It's a Netflix original series, and we see in the first seconds after the Netflix uh, logo, uh, we see Bait turning red and doing boom, mm. like the Netflix sound. Of course. And then we see the Wonderstorm Pictures logo and Bait panting above it. I'm not sure why. Hmm. Yeah. 
not sure how much we could read into that, but um, yeah. it is cool. Like I like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So shall we start with chapter one? Go ahead. Exposition galore. I couldn't believe just how much story and history of this this world, the lore that was built up in the first what five minutes of the the very of the very first episode. Everything from history of the exile of all of the humans away from the magical uh, creatures of the world, the dragons, the elves. They started discussing lore, the magics from the six different primal sources, including the seventh magic, uh, seventh kind of magic that the humans themselves discovered. Uh, yeah, I, let me just read a list of that. So uh, the yep. six primal sources are the sun, the moon, the stars, the earth, the sky, the ocean, and then dark magic. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Which they say in the prologue uh, that it uses magic within the creatures themselves to unleash dark powers. <laughs> and, and it was thousand years ago but we don't know uh, who discovered it first no but apparently yeah, when you start true. using dark magic your eyes your pupils take over the rest of your eyeballs yeah. apparently it, it doesn't look good right it doesn't, it doesn't look, look good healthy yeah. but what i as a as a completely naive viewer i'm not completely sold on the fact that it's i think that the way that they're that they've discovered this magic is dark but i don't think that the energies of m magical creatures would necessarily be dark itself i think it might just be no. a way that the humans are manipulating some another type of magic that isn't one of the the quote-unquote i guess primal six yeah yeah i think it's uh they're they're exploiting them yeah yeah abusing the light magic in the in creatures yeah, like life being an extra yeah. magic an extra type yeah, of magic like exactly. yeah. squeezing it out of them so yeah. it's very non-vegan yeah well, that's for yeah, sure exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, that's why i don't like the show yeah I, I mean no. any kind of power that involves the death of other creatures um yeah. isn't good especially when you end up looking like that guy um, yeah. you're definitely doing something wrong I think <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I also like the I, I like the the tonation of the moderator um, explaining the primal sources the sun, the moon the stars he has a <laughs> really so. good voice I would like to look yeah. up the, the actor's name but uh, just a, a small uh, I don't know if you'd call it an Easter egg, but it's the same voice as the really dark spirit in Korra. Ah, okay. Is it not also called uh, Vivin or something? Vanuatu, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Something with really? Vivin. That's the yeah, same guy? Yeah, it's the same voice, yeah. Wow. I will look it up right. before we post the podcast, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure yeah. it's the same voice. No, that... That, that consider my mind blown <laughs> i would not have put two and two together someone clearly has been watching a lot of cora as well <laughs> yeah i rewatched it again recently uh i have oh. to admit um but did you spot another voice uh that you recognized from avatar yeah i didn't 
it's uh, and to be fair i just recently rewatched last airbender like a month ago okay uh yannick do you want to reveal yeah it's uh callum is spoken by uh, the same uh human who did uh soccer really yeah yeah <sighs> okay yeah actually now that i think about it that does make sense <laughs> yeah yeah i really like it the things really you like. notice yeah um speaking of things that you notice chapter one not only had a, a great deal of exposition but it also introduced two of several different communities within this world the world building i have to say was a lot to i had to take many notes <laughs> it's a very big it like uh, they're building it out quite data drop like what do you call it when they do that yes data drop your uh, yes yeah and yeah. i i like that in the f the very first scene you see this they paint the picture so broadly that you know that there are several types of elves you know that there are dragons you know that there's several types of magic i was quite i was quite intrigued i'm curious to see how many of these different sub sects or subcultures in the elven community we get to experience how many uh, and it also uh, it also begs the question how many different cultures of of man are there is there just this one kingdom of humans because that's the only thing that we've been introduced to maybe there are maybe there are humans that don't think that they should have to pay the price that somebody made to get kicked out of the magical lands i'm really curious because they've painted a quite intriguing portrait so about the kingdoms i can already answer because we saw uh, we see it in episode uh, in chapter two okay okay i missed yeah, that it's uh, five kingdoms there are five because kingdoms uh, Viren, okay yeah Viren mentioned it to uh, harrow that there are uh, five kingdoms oh. See, I missed that. Five human kingdoms. This is why I enjoy having a conversation about this. I've, I only watched the episodes twice. One purely yeah. and then another where I sat there with a pad and a pen. And <laughs> I was quite I was quite in, intrigued. It's uh, it, it's fleshing out a world that I'm definitely curious to explore further. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of the, the elves... Uh, in terms of the magical creatures, uh, they mentioned moon shadow elves and sunfire mm -hmm. elves in, Correct. in the first exactly. episode. So we already know that there's two. And uh, yeah, moon yeah. and sun. So we've got two primal sources already. And also exactly. we physically have seen thunder the king of the dragons but there's also mention mm -hmm. of a queen of the dragons i'm quite curious yeah. to see what that character looks like yeah yeah but i think that the queen is uh mentioned in the second episode ah, no it's chapter cha one okay sorry uh, yes yeah. no it's chapter one yes speaking of introductions i also found it quite interesting at how fleshed out they clearly wanted to the the creators clearly wanted to lean from the beginning more towards the human side of things with the royal family the nobility the military and also introducing mages i'm quite True. happy that they they started at such a strong okay here is man there are kings there are mages 
there are military. Even though we don't see all of the people mentioned, there are still quite a few people. Yeah, and they yeah. they already make the point that humans can do dark magic, but we also see from Claudia, uh, who has a primal stone, uh, that you can also do magic that's not necessarily dark magic. Um, yeah. The introduction of the primal stone, uh, which she said um, contained a storm from Mount Kalik. So who knows how yep. they got a storm in that little ball. Yeah, I'm curious. I guarantee that a human didn't do that. <laughs> I mean, clearly someone stole this from well, my it's interesting. theory. Yeah, it's interesting as well, because we know from the prologue that, uh, wasn't it a thousand years ago? Um, that man lived with elf. That they all lived together. Yeah. So, you know... We, Who knows what what they shared at that time? You know. Well, they it's, clearly uh, they clearly shared uh, rune casting, like Aspiro, Aspiro. I don't remember what Aspiro. it was. Aspiro is yeah. the wind the wind rune that Claudia uh, showcases in chapter two, but also at mm-hmm. the the start of the introduction to Lord Viren, he's staring at a mirror, and there are a bunch of runes around the mirror. True, he touches them. Yeah. Yeah. True. And also there's a, a, a magic spell by uh, this one... Ronan. Uh, Ronan, yeah. sorry. Ronan. Exactly. He says... Uh, wait, we have it. I, uh, I can say it. Mystica or Arbora. Yeah. But uh, this was a little bit, I don't know, interesting. Because he destroyed his pendant first. Similar to... it. It's almost like... The elves don't have to destroy a creature in order to use, in order to use their magics in a way. It, it seems more like a talisman, and I also found that it was really interesting that of the human mages, they are well aware of mythical creatures and the lore behind them. For yes. for example, uh, we're introduced in chapter one to. Archangel Lunaris, like a moth, it's a, a lunar moth would be the Earth yeah, the equivalent. Moon moth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is attracted to moon magics and uses this as a tool to try to to seek out the moon shadow elves because the moon shadow elves pull their magics from the moon. And there was also talk of the sunfire elves. So I'm I as a native viewer automatically assume clearly the sunfire elves pull their magics from the sun which then also begs the Mm -hmm. question are there also sky elves are there earth elves are there ocean elves are there star elves i'm very excited to see because in the very opening in the opening epilogue you see six different elf types standing showcased alongside thunder yeah definitely yep yeah, well spotted. Getting back to the, the uh, history or the world building. So there was one land uh, in the beginning, Xadia. This is also kind of a reference to Avatar with the Four Kingdoms, I think, because it was also united once and then the Fire Nation attacked. And then uh, after this dark magics thing, um, the elves and dragons... Uh, brought all the humans to the west, dividing Xadia, this one continent, into two continents. 
And the one continent, uh, the, 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 this other, uh, this one half in the east is still called Xadia, yeah. the magical land. And the west is just called the human kingdoms. Yeah. Humans are this, boring. This, <laughs> yeah, a little bit is interesting. Yeah. I also found it quite interesting that the Moonshadow Elves have a very distinct Scottish accent. They do. Yeah. I do not under... Yeah. I, I, I don't want to assume, but... Ah, hell, I will assume <laughs> that it's very similar to the level of... In Avatar, for example, each of the bending styles is based on a real-world style of martial arts. So yeah. mm -hmm. I can, as mm -hmm. a as a person who is a fan of Avatar, he's dreaming. So hey, my Max. dog is dreaming. <laughs> um, <laughs> being that Avatar was so heavily researched in uh, this stylization of the bending arts as martial arts, I can assume that perhaps something similar will happen when we're introduced to, say, the Sunfire Elves. Perhaps they have another accent that is similar to, say, perhaps Irish or another form of Anglo-Saxon accented something. I'm quite curious to see what happens with that. Okay, so you're also drawing a parallel there with Game of Thrones. They did a similar thing, huh? That the, the North... Has a British Northern accent and For the South. Sure. Yeah. The humans also hmm. sound quite. The English is not quite British, but it definitely has an Anglo-Saxon e English. Cl clearly, the actors are all American, so I don't yeah. think that any of them should try to do a British accent. But the the parallels to the real world and knowing where the creative process comes from with Avatar. I can only assume that the same amount of research was put into this series as well. Most of the choices that are made in Avatar seem to be paralleled in, in Dragon Prince as well, just from first glance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's so much in the first two chapters. Um, yeah. It's incredible, really. Um, yeah. I'm glad that I watched it twice before doing the podcast. <laughs> um but yeah, but it's also, they're really short. Yes, I, I said this in, in our group chat. This is going to be torture. 20, what what is mm. it, 23 minutes, 24 minutes per episode? <gasps> per chapter? Please. Per chapter, of course. <laughs> but I'm only allowed to watch two at a time. This is torture <laughs> already. Yeah. And yeah, with this cliffhanger at the second chapter already, yeah. I can imagine the pain. Yes. Definitely. After the division of the continents, we see um, the humans for the first time. And we know, uh, we, we get to know Ezran. He's lying in his bed with Bait, his pet. And I think uh, the relationship between Ezran and his pet, Bait, uh, is kind of reminds me of the um, pets or the relationship between the the um, animals in his dark materials okay Another show like I'm having a demon watching yeah exactly and also the relationship is kind of cute uh, because Ezran is lying in bed sleeping and you know 
saliva is uh, leaking out of his mouth and Astro, uh, bait is just licking it up yeah and, <laughs> delicious yeah. Mm. yeah and and Asran is hugging uh, bait while he's sleeping yes. yeah they clearly have a very close relationship yeah it's kind of cute and also when when callum gets grumpy with Ezrin, um mm. and Ezrin storms off into his room and bait looks at callum and slams the door behind him like What have you done? <laughs> and and getting red, turning yeah. physically red. Yes, I, yeah. I am curious to un I'm curious to explore what else a glow toad can do. Yeah, I also find it quite interesting that Callum's father, or uh, not Callum, sorry, Ezra and Callum's father slash stepfather also has a similar pet in a. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming magical bird named pip it looks mm -hmm. like no bird i have ever seen uh, normally a, a, a bird with a bright green strip in the middle yeah yeah it looks a bit like a phoenix but in an like odd way yes phoenix little punk punk phoenix and very clearly very cute yes and clearly also adoring of his i don't want to say owner I don't see Ezrin mm -hmm. and Bait. His companion. His companion. He also. They seem to also have a similar bond to each other as King. Uh, sorry, Haro's uh, son and his companion. I find that quite interesting to me. Also, Animal companions, yeah. And mm -hmm. not only that, the fact that these are humans with mythical animal companions. So that, yeah. that to me also yeah. definitely plays into his dark materials. Uh, for those of you listening, uh, his dark materials is based on a series of books about a world where humans are born with a companion, and it matches to th their soul bound in a way. Yeah, it's kind of like their soul in animal form. Correct. Yeah. yeah. But we can't talk any further, otherwise there's spoilers. So. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, I'd like to go back shortly, because um, we were talking about relationships people have with their animals, but also um, we're confronted with a lot of really close relationships between the humans as well. Correct. So we've got uh, Ezrin and Callum, who seem to get on really well as siblings. Like Callum is, mm -hmm. shows a lot of kindness towards Ezrin. Um, mm -hmm. and he gets grumpy with him, but with good reason, I think. Like, uh, he just found out that someone's going to try and kill the king, and then he gets grumpy with Ezra, and you know? It was unfair, but it's kind of understandable <laughs> in the situation, I think. Um, and who else do we have? We have uh, Sorin and Claudia. So Sorin was teaching uh, Callum sword fighting, Oh, also, uh, we haven't and, we haven't and, discussed that Callum and Ezra are stepbrothers. Yes, <laughs> yeah. true. <laughs> They're both princes. And uh, about Callum and Soren, uh, Soren teaches him sword fighting, but he can't be bothered at all with it. No, because Callum would much rather be studying the arts. Yeah, and we find out or or magic. He, when we find or out magic. in in chapter two, he would rather be studying magic than swords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which. All I can say, Callum, I feel you. Or studying yeah. Claudia, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Speaking speaking Callum of relations, Claudia and Soren are also brother and sister, who are yes. both children yep. of Lord Viren. 
and mm-hmm. as a as a first time view i also have this sinking suspicion that lord viren and the king also had some history maybe there is some weird undertone that yeah as a queer person myself i kind of felt ex-lover vibe in a weird way <laughs> your gaydar is flashing <laughs> just a smidge <laughs> yeah the, you mean the, the banter the flirting in the in the bedroom and the whole like uh, i have you killed if you wake me up again. yes wake yeah. me up again <laughs> insinuating that clearly yeah. lord val yeah. uh, lord uh Viren has done this in the past hmm? yeah <laughs> that i found quite interesting I think this is a good moment to talk about the whole uh, assassination topic because yes. we see um, Harrow and Viren's relationship being strained when uh, Viren tries to get him to use dark magic again to solve this problem. Um, But I also wanted to mention, uh, sorry, uh, about the introductions. So we get to know... Um, the characters you mentioned the humans but also there's a short uh, s- uh there in one sentence general amaya is mentioned that's true and also the sunfire elves correct yeah so in the first episode i think yeah. uh when yeah. harrow finds out about the assassination attempt he uh says to uh send a, a letter to general amaya and the standing battalion at the breach Um, exactly. But we find out that they're too far away to get there in time. Um, yeah. Which also And tells it, us that the Moonshadow Elves have tr- have traveled quite deep into the land of man. Yeah. yeah. We're also introduced because we didn't. He did didn't Sorry. want. Uh, we we didn't uh, we don't know uh, uh, anything about General Maya, so we don't learn anything about uh, them in the first two chapters. No, just mentioned. But we are we are introduced to two of the Shadow Elves. The Moon Shadow Elves. Uh, correct. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, R- Rayla and Runan. Runan. Yeah, and Runan is kind of a Big Brother vibe tribe leader he is the one that does the binding ritual between the six that are there to assassinate the king and the king's progeny i i found the dynamic very interesting yeah he seems to be like their manager on their assassin job you know (laughs) yeah yeah okay back to the assassination plot Yes. So the assassination plot is affecting everybody in different ways. Um, We see Harrow... Yeah, Harrow's getting very frustrated with Viren and dark magic. There's definitely something going on there. I think there's lots that we don't know about their history um, because he says um, that he... Or he implies that he regrets his use of dark magic in the past and he doesn't want to use it again. Yeah. Um, and it seems like that regret is also, like, he's also blaming Viren because Viren keeps coming up with these creative solutions. Or rather, stealing them from his daughter. 
True, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Claudia seems like uh, she has a lot of ideas. <laughs> or she has a, an idea at the end of the episode, right? And she's like tapping her nose, like, ooh, I have an idea. And I have... I, I do have to say it was a bit awkward when I thought about it. There is a line of dialogue that Lord Viren says to his daughter, Claudia, not everyone speaks Claudia. And it's, <laughs> it sat funny with me in a way. And the only okay. thing that I kept thinking was, you are this person's father and you're telling this person not everyone understands how to speak to you. I think that that did a a lot of character development in a single line of dialogue that tells me that, yes, people might view Claudia as this wild child to not be taken so seriously. But at the same time, the fact that she comes up with a plan to save the king, she's quite clever. She just operates a little differently. She's quirky, you know? Very. She has a strong and personality. The the relationship between uh, uh, her and her father is not the best, I would imagine. But her and her her relationship with her brother is also not. It's more begrudging than it is loving. But it's better than uh, her father and her. Uh, yes. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Definitely, I feel yeah. like um, we already see in these two chapters that uh, Claudia and Viren you know, they can meet on magic. They talk about magic yep. and they, yes. they have that in yep. common. Um, and from what we've seen, Soren doesn't seem like a magical type. No. <laughs> He's a fighting type. He's more into fighting and making bad jokes. <laughs> and saying and saying things uh, and saying things too loudly so that uh, passers-by can hear him speaking about atta- assassination <laughs> attempts. <laughs> True. Yeah. But he also seems like caring, you know, already from yeah. from the beginning. Yes. Uh, like yeah. when when they're sword fighting and he realizes that Callum's like trying to get Claudia's attention, that he lets Callum stab him, Lord Stabbington. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That Spurs whole thing. Spurt. Yeah. <laughs> but then afterwards, oh, he didn't really stab me. <laughs> it's okay, Soren, we know. <laughs> but speaking uh, speaking of redeemable character traits, uh, chapter one also introduces us to the concept of uh, not all assassins are necessarily cold-hearted. Um, in the introduction of Rayla, she's basically sent to kill a soldier and instead chooses the side of compassion. But that one single act of compassion ends up leading her people to danger. So for me, that says her amateur assassin skills could be a detriment. But at the same time, as a character, I already feel a connection to her. Clearly, this is her first mission that she's on clearly she's struggling with the fact that she doesn't necessarily seem like to she wants to take a life yeah but at the same yeah. time also by by using blue uh, red berries to for blood yeah. and the fact that yeah. she doesn't know what a what a what a whetstone is she calls it her sharpening yeah. rock <laughs> yeah 
I feel yeah. like we have two very revealing character moments with Rayla. Um, right at the beginning, of course, that she doesn't kill the soldier. Yeah. Um, and then also when she's shown the dragon egg, she just completely, it seems like all the pretense of being an assassin mm. falls away and she's like, true. she just sees the egg and she's like, no, everything has to everything. change. Yeah. 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 True. I, I think she uh, she also drops her knives in this moment. It could be. I didn't catch that, but yeah. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Which, can we talk about these knives? They're amazing. They, they're amazing. Yeah. They're also, swords. Yeah. They are grappling hooks. They are... Wow. I immediately saw them and I thought, of all of the mythical weaponry that one could ever have, that is something that I... How would you describe them? They're like the Swiss army knife. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah, exactly. Of Multitude. elven swords. <laughs> yeah. So good. So good. In in this one scene, she reminded me of Lara Croft when she was Absolutely. climbing the mountain. Or, yeah. And also showed that elves, even in daylight, if they're pulling their power from the moon, oh, yeah. in daylight yeah. is able to span a gap in a cliff. So hanging on the side of a cliff... Yeah, yeah, true. You're able to jump the span of easily what two, two humans stem Three. standing on top yeah, of each other. Yeah, it's like four meters. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. she did that with her arms alone. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. also, when she gets to the top of this crazy climb and scares that little bird away. Oh, but the um, oh, this is so funny. <laughs> so cute. So funny. And then she just yeah. she lies on her back, catches her breath, and then she gets up. Puts her hood on and runs off like she. True. She yeah. didn't need any time at all to recover from something that would have killed any one of us. Of course, because she's a badass. Uh, Runan also mentioned that she's the strongest and fastest elf of all of them. Yes. Yeah, true. Yeah, and this true. is also why he showed such disappointment when he discovered yeah, that they that she was lying to them. Yeah. But also, I think it's also a point why he gave her the job in the first place and also uh, included her in this bounding ritual. Yeah. But I think that also yeah. plays to the... I, I have to commend the writing of the first book so far. The plot points have been so concise. Chapter two, I immediately thought of... This is a chap this is a chapter about redemption, people trying to atone for their their mistakes. True. Rayla trying to say, mm. okay, I messed up. I am now being punished, but I need to prove myself by going and and assassinating the king and, and his progeny alone to the yeah. king fighting with Viren and saying, No, dark magic is what uh, what got us into this place that we are today. We shouldn't have destroyed the dragon egg because to this point, the king still thinks that the dragon egg has been destroyed. Viren yeah, has been painting this picture that the 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 egg has been destroyed. Yeah, and it's in the ti yeah. in the title of the episode as well. What is done cannot be undone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, clearly not I don't true. Know. <laughs> This this quote, so what is done cannot be undone, is uh, said twice as well um, by characters. So first, Harrow says it to Callum, 
when they're talking about the wrongs that have been done between the magical world and the human world. And then Viren says it to Harrow later, what is done cannot be undone, when he's trying to convince him to put his soul into the soulfang snake. Which yeah. I also found was quite revealing that Harrow actually uh, asked Viren, so if anyone would give their soul, would swap their soul with me, he looks at Viren and says, would you? Yeah. And he mm-hmm. hesitates. They're clearly painting a picture of Viren as this villain, complex yeah. villain. I wouldn't say wholehearted villain. I don't think that he's necessarily completely evil, but perhaps his his penchant for relying too much on dark magics might be tainting him in a weird way. That's what I gather. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think he's a little bit obsessed with dark magic. Whereas his daughter, she's the first character that we see using a wind rune. And to me, as a as a as a novice to this universe, clearly using this primal stone is not using dark magic. So humans clearly can use other magics. It's just I fear that they 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 strive for power. And that's where the dark magic came from. They wanted to mm. become more powerful. They wanted to take over, which, let's face it, has been a very, it's a staple of storytelling. Humans being the ones that just screw everything up. Because <laughs> we're yeah. always striving for power, 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 power. So, Dan, do you think that's a, that's a general human problem? In storytelling, in fantasy, yes. You have prime examples being Lord of the Rings. Yeah. The humans perform atrocities. I feel with the Dragon Prince, just from what we have been told to this point, there were mistakes made on both sides. Yeah. Haro makes a good point of telling Callum that it was not only man that made mistakes, that there were crimes also from the elves, I'm assuming, to mankind the the way that they were basically driven from their home in a way and yeah. forced to, to mm. separate and then the this the breach or the divide was then patrolled by the dragons i'm assuming from what they've told us so far and that to me just seems yeah, good storytelling should be complex and there yeah. shouldn't be black and white. And that's why I say just as a as a a viewer and a consumer of thoughtful media, I can tell that Viren they're trying to paint a certain picture, but I'm not necessarily swallowing a pill right away that says, "Oh, he's evil, evil, evil." I think yeah. that he's very complex, and I think that maybe his misgivings are perhaps something of something to the lines of i feel powerless in certain situations so i'm going to take the easy way out whereas i think that people mm-hmm. like haro the king want him to be a better version of what humanity could be yeah because he learned yeah. from his mistakes in the past he learned from the fact that they they use dirty trickery to win their battle to kill thunder to it, to the best of his knowledge destroy the dragon egg yeah already in less than an hour's worth of television we're seeing 
some really interesting character arcs. Yes. Um, which I feel is extremely rare, especially with animated series that it's so deep. I mean, when Harrow's talking to Callum about the, the war and stuff, um, he says, I've done terrible things. I thought they were necessary. Now I don't know. And I find that such a good thing to say, like to his son as well, you know, that he's not a hero. He's done things. He's done really bad things. And I find it's a really good depth and also just a really good take on a parent that he can admit that to his mm-hmm. his child, whether it's a stepchild or not, is is not important. Yeah. And he says yeah. to Callum himself, like that he, I think I can't remember the exact quote. Well, honestly, the way that Harrow treats Callum is like his own. It's really only Viren and 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 Viren's son that make a point. They go out of their way to say step yeah. son. And uh, the moment when when Harrow and Callum hug, and, and there's like yeah. and Harrow starts crying, uh, I tear up every time. <laughs> This must be the fifth time I've seen it, and uh, I teared up again. (laughs) Good storytelling does that. This scene also kind of hints of, um, yeah, you mentioned this uh, step-son thing, but I think King Herod just wants to be called dad from both of his sons. I agree. And I think what you, Kaylee, meant, uh, he wants to take responsibility for his actions. And uh, yeah, he just wants peace, whatever that means. Yeah, because this is another thing that I am very curious to find out. Who is Callum's parent that the king is, I'm assuming, married to? Are they dead? Are they alive? I have no idea. We don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there's lots of open questions at the moment. I'm excited for <laughs> next week. I can finally get to digest yes, two yes. more. <laughs> so I want to speak about the titles, uh, what they mean. Uh, so for example, we have in the first chapter, we have Echoes of Thunder. We know who Th- Thunder is. It's the, the Dragon King. And I think the Echoes means throughout the history we hear this incredible, powerful voice echoing Yeah. Yeah. until now. So all the history, all the thousand years or what is filled with this roar from Yeah, because he, he um, watched over the, the, the human border for a thousand years, right? Yeah, the breach. Yeah, yeah and I also took it a little bit like uh, it's the echoes of thunder because thunder has been killed. And all, all that's left of him is yeah, exactly. uh, is an echo. Mm. Yeah, true. And yeah, you, we, we already discussed uh, the chapter two title. What is done cannot be undone. Yeah. Yeah, very meaningful titles. True. Okay, I have some uh, jelly tarts for you. Yeah. I uh, wrote down so I wrote down some quotes. And you could guess who said it and in which okay, let's scenario. Try. <laughs> oh, I like this. So chapter one, I wrote down unstoppable is just another kind of stoppable. No, that's not right. Claudia uh, is talking to her father, Lord Viren, about the moonshadow elves being unstoppable yes. at night. 
unstoppable yeah. is just another kind of stoppable. And no, that's not right, as we were in. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> this is so funny. Yeah. Oh, it kind of uh, yeah. kind of sounded better in my head. And then the, the second one. Uh, let's see if this magic moon moth can find more than a closet full of moon sweaters. <laughs> you know, because moths That's eat Saren clothes. Talking yes, to sir. his guard, who in my notes is called Grumpy Guard. Yeah. Because he comes up a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> Gr a grumpy guard who's also an ingrate because that's the one that uh, Rayla was supposed to kill. Is it though? I'm not sure. Oh, really? I think it's I, someone no, else. I, I don't think I've, so. The hair. I, have the, I yeah. have them as two different guards in my notes. Uh, but we'll see. We can, we can have a look. Yeah, I, I have yeah, to watch it I again. I think this is with a, with a mustache and the, the other one uh, who Rayla didn't kill. Uh, had black hair and a yeah. younger face than Maybe. This, this guy. I thought that was yeah, the same. I, I also think they're different people, but um, okay. but yeah. We have a, a few unnamed yeah. characters. Yeah, so you have Grumpy Soldier, I have uh, Unimpressed Soldier. Unimpressed Soldier. Yeah, Grumpy Soldier is also, uh, when he comes in the room to ask Callum to go and uh, meet the king, and Ezrin's not there, and Callum says... Oh, of course we're both there or something, and the the guard just yeah. rolls his eyes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he's like, true. "Okay, sure, um, <laughs> whatever." <laughs> yeah. Do you have any more jelly tarts I for have us? More jelly tarts, uh, jelly tarts for you. Also, uh, some details or some um, reference. I also kept stumbling over. So the castle and its streets. And also, maybe the painting style reminded me a bit of the uh, series Disenchantment. Do you uh, notice? It's another Netflix series, right? From yeah, true. Matt, it's, Matt it's, Groening, uh, is it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, It kind of looks like, so there was one scene where we saw uh, the castle from the streets and the streets looked resembly like the, the streets where uh, the princess gets drunk all the time. Okay. It's also a similar kind of animation, right? Yeah, this 3D, true. Mm -hmm. 3D animation. 3D-ish, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or 2.5. 2.5. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, there's one scene where uh, we see King Harrow speaking to his sons uh, that they should go to the Banter Lodge or the Winter Lodge because winter is coming eventually. Yeah. <laughs> This is clearly a re reference to Game of Thrones, yeah. right? What? A yeah. series with dragons and speaking about yeah. winter coming? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and also, the you know, they had a, a, they first uh, showed a, a 3D map with figures on it. Yeah. So this is also used in a strategies in Game of Thrones. And yeah. Dragonstone. Yeah, true. Yeah, and for some reason the the style of all of the the tapestry with this bright red with the orange similar to do you remember that symbol you would make in school where you would draw six lines three lines above three lines below and then you would connect the lines to make an S yeah yeah I noticed this. Uh, symbol basically everywhere i also found it quite comparable to the king's crown yeah uh, i think we've got their kind of so where they live is catalis and i feel like that's their cultural style okay 
so that doesn't have a reference to something else. I for some reason I I saw it and I thought I feel like I've seen this style somewhere before and I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, I mean some of the tapestries and rugs and stuff, the way they use that pattern, it reminds me a bit of Celtic artwork. Yeah. That you have these lines that are overlapping and meeting again and yeah. Mm. I also like the the um the paintings on the elves, the blue paintings, mm. they are different on each elf. The body paint. Mm. Yeah, I, I love the body paint on the elves. Yeah. I'm also not sure if it's, if they're born with it, like Avatar. I think it's probably something along the lines of when you come of age, you are then adorned mm. with tribal markings. Similar to... Okay. Similar to... I can't give a good example off the top of my head, but there there are many cultures where mm. if you come to a certain age and you're on a path of, say, yeah. warrior, you would get markings. Okay, speaking of Game mm. of Thrones, similar to the Dothraki and how they have this cultural uh, obsession with horses. Yeah. Mm. Or a nicer one, the, the ring in his dark materials or the, the final... Yes. Uh, final figure of the pet yes yeah soul thing or avatar ang's uh arrow tattoos also but is it i yeah okay i can't remember if he's born with it or he, no, no they're tattooed ang gets his tattoos okay. yeah okay. Ah, okay they made a point i don't remember in which book but they made a point of saying that he did not he was not born with them they do receive them at a certain okay. age and i think it's probably when they start uh, exhibiting their bending abilities i would assume yeah okay. um and in cora it comes up because um some of the airbending kids want to get their tattoos and they have to get permission and uh <laughs> it's a very big topic in cora ah uh, true mm -hmm. No, yeah, I remember. True. Okay, I have some more from the first chapter. I have a, also a question uh, because Raynan said four full moons passed on the eve of the winter's turn. Ronan. I'm not sure if this, uh, what this means. So um, what he's talking about, we, we have that timeline described in two different ways. Yeah, four full moons passed, so four months ago. Yeah. And then the eve of last winter's turn, so the night before winter began, I think. So that that places us in early summer, late spring, right? Yeah. But uh, he said then the the dragon king was murdered. Yeah. And must have happened recently. Yeah. Is it only four months ago? It seems like. Okay. Yeah. Because I thought it was uh, before. For example, Prince uh, Esron was born. But the divide no. has been there for over over a thousand years. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah, that's true. Okay. So okay, the timeline is currently, mm. or what we know already, is that uh, yeah. he was watching over the divide for a thousand years, and four months ago he was killed. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, that that was also not clear for me either. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I love the language they use in the district description but it's very uh poetic language uh mm. the the eve of last winter's turn it sounds very shakespearean <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah that makes more sense to so the the moon shadow elves are now taking revenge yeah. and not 
100 years or 10 years later yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, that wasn't quite clear to me either. Yeah. Before today. Okay. And some some small details I also uh, recognized. The, the sound of the moth, this uh, giant... The moon moth. The moon moth, Archangel Lunaris. It sounds like the cicada in Japan or an anime. Yeah. I don't know if you know them. Yeah. So it doesn't sound at all like a moth, but I'm not an expert. Yeah, it's like the... Uh... Yeah. Are they called cicadas? These really big crickets. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, it does. But, you know, it's a complete other world. So maybe moths make those those noises in another world. (laughs) Okay, some more jelly tarts. uh, One second. I find the moon moth really cute that it lands on the tree, which is actually one of the elves. And it's, it's making Rayla. the noise, you know? It's Rayla. Yeah. It's on Rayla's face. Yeah, and it's making the noise <laughs> yeah. and everything. And, yeah. and Soren, he's just like, yeah, useless moon moth. <laughs> the poor moon moth True. flies back again before the elves yeah. reappear. And uh, and our, our soldier from the beginning who survived Rayla, Rayla's... Mm-hmm. Uh, failed assassination attempt uh, looks back and is looking at Rayla with the moon moth on her face it's uh, yeah, yeah exactly it's a funny moment or True. maybe not funny but yeah it's very interesting anyway yeah okay I have some more jelly tart quotes for you okay this one from chapter two later you can call me a jerk face and I'll do the crazy jerk face dance for you it's a dance of uh, stupidude and sorriness. Callum. Yeah. He's apologizing to Ezrin um, for having snapped at him earlier. And uh, he says this and then he opens the trap door and looks in the room and discovers that Ezrin, Ezrin's gone. That he's not there anymore. It's, it's not a trap door. It's a bait flap. It's a bait it's flap. Like a cat funny. flap. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. A glow-toed flap. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> but I love the idea that he has a the has a jerk face dance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, another quote you already mentioned. Uh, not everyone speaks Claudia, Claudia. And you know, uh, you know you can't sneak up on me. <laughs> I know when it is, Dan. Do you know when is it? When it is? It's when Callum is being trailed by. Uh, Rayla, and he assumes yeah, that exactly. it's uh, he assumes that it's Ezrin. Yeah, because he keeps he keeps calling her as. <laughs> Which, to be fair, yeah. I don't know how she would be fooled into believing that Callum would be Ezrin when he is calling her as. As is clearly a shortened version of Ezrin. Ah, true. Yeah, yeah, true. Maybe she didn't pick that up. She also didn't recognize it at first uh, when the painting spoke. Um, she, uh, so the painting said Callum and she just uh, focused her thoughts on the paint or the speaking uh, painting, true. I guess. Yeah. Um, does Rayla know before she goes in to kill the prince that the prince's name is Ezrin? That's my... Yes. She makes a point to say... She knows Prince Ezrin? Yeah, yeah, she yeah, makes a point yeah, to say yeah. the both the king and his son's names. Yeah. Yeah, true. Okay, then I would just write it off to her 
being uh, nervous, maybe? Yeah, definitely. I don't really want to do this, but, but I have to do of... this. Because <laughs> she doesn't really want to kill anyone. No. But this is also the, the first scene where they they meet Rayla and Callum for the first time. Yeah. And also Callum is really impressed by her fighting skills. Mm -hmm. uh, he said, you swept a leg. <laughs> and she's like, hey, what? <laughs> and he, oh, nothing and runs He's, away. Because he tried to sweep the leg on Sorin. Yeah, yeah and uh, yeah. quote Sorin, sweep the leg is not a thing in sword fighting. <laughs> Ah, true. Yeah. And she not only has true. one, but two but swords. two swords. So. And clearly it's a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a thing. But maybe uh, only for elves, possibly, or uh, creative thinkers. <laughs> I'm leaning more in the direction Did? of creative thinkers. Yeah. <laughs> There's also, also this, uh, so Bait is blinding um, Rayla, but not... Callum and Ezra. Well, but if you notice, Callum looks away because he knows what's coming. They close, ah, and okay, Ezra okay, closes his eyes and looks away. Okay, I see. So, but everyone she would be had blinded. absolutely mm -hmm. no idea that this, which True. also begs to begs the question of, if you still live in uh, Zadia, Zadia, yeah, Zadia. If if she still lives in Zadia, wouldn't she have come across a glow toad and know that glow toads do this? Maybe glow toads are super rare. Or they come from a different region where the moon shadow elves don't live. Yeah, and it's it's mm. clear that Bait is magical. I mean, he flashes. Yeah. Yeah. He flashes, he turns red with his mood. Yeah, but it's interesting that there's still magical creatures in the human realm, you know? It's just the humans that aren't magical. It's not like the elves and the dragons took all of the magical creatures with them when they went to Zadia. Yeah. Mm. You have to think True. if you have an entire continent and you decide to split it down the middle, clearly you're not going to be able to get all of the wildlife to move to only one side. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no uh, river of lava is going to <laughs> make that any less easy to do. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, and the last one I have for you is, uh, you already mentioned part of it uh, with this would you, Viren? Uh, every man and woman would gladly trade their life to save yours, and the soldiers are just looking at them and like, nope. <laughs> There's some very good eye animation yeah. going on in that moment. Yeah, true. Yeah. Definitely. So. Yeah. So. What are our... Uh, final thoughts or perhaps theories I think theories should be left to you Dan since uh, or yep. at least yeah I know what's going to happen well I, like, like I said earlier I definitely think that nothing is black and white I definitely think that there's more to this story on why Viren lied about the dragon egg being destroyed I'm pretty sure that there was a valid reason, especially to lie to your king. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm definitely sh sure that it was a difficult decision for the king to do whatever he had to do to to succeed. I mean, we're talking about a thousand years of separation between uh, Elvin and humankind. But I, I'm... It's less of a theory and more of a hope. I, I hope to see more of 
a not negative. Negative is the wrong word. I, <laughs> I hope to see more of the mistakes that were made from Elven Kind as well. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that the creators are not going to let them also skate by by only being the pure we only do things the way that nature intends because life does not work that way yeah (laughs) and i also i really it, it might just be a hope as well but i would love to see claudia follow callum and uh ezrin and rayla with the dragon egg I really like this character. She's bubbly, and I think that it would be a good character to follow along with the other three to kind of balance it out and to give more of a, oh, I can do magic and it doesn't have to be dark magic. Kind of like a redeeming force for magic use with the humans. I think that that would be really cool to see. I mean, there was a lot to unpack, but I mean, we covered most of the things that uh, theory-wise. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's really good, Dan. Like, yeah, thank good you. points. <laughs> thank you for yeah. that. Of course. So we are coming to an end with the episode, and I uh, never saw the outros in the show, but uh, now I skipped the Netflix uh, skipping the credit scenes bar, and I saw a really cute paintings of um, characters in the show in the outro. So uh, in the first chapter, uh, I see a baker with the with uh, bait and his jelly tarts. Then I, I think I saw uh, Runan with his pendants. Uh, we see As and Callum hugging each other in the next uh, credit scene. Uh, the standalone mirror of uh, Ruin. Uh, Rayla hanging from a tree and smiling. <laughs> this Aww. is really cute. <laughs> and uh, Soren with the moth on his head. This is also really funny. Now that you mention it, and I do remember these, yes. Ah, okay, okay. So you also yeah. saw them. Cool. And in chapter two, we see a hero giving back, uh, giving a book to Callum. Uh, as holding bait with hero's crown, hair and cape <laughs> on it. This is really cute. Uh, Bait with the bird. Uh, we saw uh, when uh, when Rayla reached the top of the castle, and the love sign next to it, next <laughs> to the bird. Then S holding bait in front of him, and I think it's Claudia and Colum uh, touching hands by grabbing up some books on the floor. <laughs> Teenage love story. And in the last, yeah, exactly. And the last scene, uh, the soldier eating two eggs and one sausage. <laughs> so there's this reference to the quote uh, where he told a female soldier that he was eating uh, two eggs at the breakfast and he didn't, uh, uh, he was still hungry afterwards. <laughs> and on the next day, he was eating four eggs. Uh, so the result was not to eat three eggs, but two eggs yeah. and a sausage. Um, yeah. I'd like to go back to this one picture uh, that you said at, uh, at the beginning with the king giving a book to Callum. Did you have a close mm-hmm. look at it? I I'm I suspect that it might be... Uh, ignore me. I think this is a spoiler. So... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, 
but I don't know. Uh, it's not really a spoiler. Did did Callum have his book over his shoulder? The only books that mm. I remember seeing in the in the show thus far were "Love Amongst Dragons." Was what Claudia yeah. was reading. Yeah. Yeah, that's a complete yeah. Avatar Easter egg. Yeah. That's, and, that's yeah. the name of sorry. That's the name of the play that they see on Ember Island. And there's yeah. also um, the book that Callum is walking around with all the time. That it just has the symbol on it. I don't yeah. know exactly what that is. I'm assuming it's probably his um, art diary hmm. where he sketches. But it, it looks like a handbag. It has like a, a strap on it, yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. With his marshmallow. Uh, yeah, I think that that is the book that the king gives to Callum. Could be. Like that's just yeah. a theory. Um, do we quickly want to do a rundown of where people can find us in the media? Of course, we've just uh, recently uh, started a Twitter. Uh, it's at from the breach. News from the breach was uh, too long. <laughs> Twitter <laughs> handles can't be that that uh, crazy long. Um, and as of right now, uh, that's pretty much going to be the easiest way to have anyone want to reach out to us if they want to give a comment or to show support. Eventually, I think it, uh, we will probably, over the, the course of the next week or so, uh, maybe even find a way for anyone hearing this if you wanted to give your own theory or if you want to watch the show along with us and uh, put in your two cents. Uh, each week we watch two episodes so you can catch up with the, uh, with the podcast and then um, maybe record a, an audio clip and who knows? If we like it, we can even play it in and discuss it further. Perhaps you heard yep. something that or you uh, came to a different conclusion. I would love to hear from other yep. people. Yes. I think it would be great. Yes, please. <laughs> and I'm yep. also thinking um, we will probably also have a public Telegram chat as well. So people can also join the discussion there. Any links we will try to post under the podcast in the podcast information. Yep. And mm-hmm. yeah. So thank you for listening. Um, we have been yep. News from the Breach. <laughs> and um, yeah, we look forward to making the next podcast next week. Yes. So join so us. Excited. And yeah. yeah, next week will be the next two episodes of Book One Moon. Okay. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Bye.